0: Log Talk Radio. Hi, welcome to Teach Me to Talk with Laura and Kate. I'm Laura Mize, pediatric speech language pathologist.
1: Hi, Miss Laura. It's Kate Hensler, developmental interventionist. I had to call you on myself because I couldn't get my landline to work. Oh, no.
0: Your technology yeah. is
1: failing you. Well, it's probably just the fax machine that's hooked up, but it wouldn't dial. Remember last time I had trouble dialing it? Well, anyway, I'm on myself, so hopefully the reception will be good.
0: Happy I Monday. I hope, your, I hope your battery lasts the whole time. It should. Okay, that's good. Yeah, how's your Monday been so far? Oh, pretty good. I've been finishing up Christmas decorating
1: at my house, so I'm ready to
0: put the boxes away. Well, you're ahead of me. (laughs) Still haven't made it that far down the to-do list yet. I know that really is probably giving some of our listeners uh, kind of a pause right now. I believe that it's December 10th and someone doesn't have their Christmas tree up, but I would fall into that category this year. We've been a little busy this year. (laughs) You've got a few little irons in the fire, haven't you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) December 18th is my line in the same. I always have it put up at least a week before Christmas, so it will be done. It will be done. Well, and
1: you've been been doing Christmassy things. You have a really cool new thing out that's Christmas-related, so at least when you get to it, you'll be in the mood.
0: Exactly, and I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But before we talk about that, I want to say that yesterday I was on another podcast. I was a guest of these great dads. (laughs) It's called... uh, their website is cute, it's uh, downright awesome. They are dads of children with Down Syndrome, and Down Syndrome Radio is their the name of their podcast. And one of the guys, Mark Owens, he and his wife have uh, followed com, and his wife listens to our podcast, and I don't think Mark listens as much as his wife, but <laughs> uh, she contacted me and asked me to be on the show. And, of course, that was so flattering. I was so excited to do that. But I was telling Kate before we started today that now I know how she feels when I just ask her a question without any <laughs> warning. <laughs> so it's no kind sense. of a different experience. Uh, <laughs> It was kind of a different experience when you had the script. And that's one of the things Mark said. He was really cute. He said, man, you always seem like you have a plan on there, like it's a really structured outline show. And the three dads kind of got a chuckle out of that because I think they really just interview people for their shows, which that's what we're doing that today too. But he was kind of joking about that and saying, That's one of the things they like, though, because he and his wife are both engineers. And actually, I think one of the other dads is an engineer, too, and kind of talking about the engineer brain. And I got to say, well, I've parented two of those engineer brains, although I don't know that my boys are the traditional um, engineering kind of type or that stereotype. But anyway, it was a really fun day. I'm so glad I got to do it. I don't think the show is... Released yet because they do it differently than we do where we're live, and you know whatever happens happens mm-hmm. um but I'll post whether we that. get a call calling from work or not, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'll post that when it gets uh, when it gets released, it may be now, I checked earlier, but I didn't see it, and then uh I wanted to mention too that they uh downright awesome has some really cute T-shirts on their website, too. So if anyone's parents, uh, child with Down syndrome, you might want to check that out because I just think those shirts are really, really cute. So I wanted to give them a plug. And, again, a special thanks to Mark's wife because I think she
2: probably
0: is responsible for me being a guest on that show. So thank you so much for that. Secondly, I wanted to announce that if you've been thinking of coming to see me, to evaluate and help you establish a really great home program for your child, or if you just want to take an opinion, or if you want one of those humdinger about or it Kate and me, January and February would be a great time. We have tons of availability, and I'm starting to schedule appointments for those winter months. And we don't have really usually very much terrible weather, in kentucky compared to like the northeast or the the north northern state so it's still a good time to come to louisville shelbyville uh to see us so i wanted to mention that because i don't think we've talked about that in a while but those about are fun so again wanted to get that out there and if you need an information packet about that just email me at Laura, L-A-U-R-A, at com, and I will be glad to reply with our information packet and let you get your time with us booked. So I wanted to mention that as well. And then, Kate, you already mentioned the third thing that I'm going to talk about is that Christmas Therapy Guide was released last week. And it's um, I've gotten good feedback already from uh, several people. That uh, bought it right. Off, right, the first date was available, so that's always kind of fun for me too. But let me talk about what that is. Christmas Therapy Guide is is kind of a bumped up therapy tip of the week because it's a longer video. It's fifty minutes, and in that fifty minutes, I take six different activities and talk about how you would the specific instructions for using those with a child you know, for this next month around the holidays and all the different goals that you could target with those activities. And then you get a 16-page uh, written document that's, that's sent. And it, for folks who like that black and white <laughs> instruction guide in front of you, it's written kind of like Teach Me to Play With You, my therapy manual um, with that that format, kind of like a homework format so that therapists who get it could copy, the, do the activity with the child during the therapy session and then copy it so that moms and dads would have that available as homework um, for the next several weeks. So I think it's a great tool. I'm really excited about it. We just released this first one to kind of be a test to see how this would go. And then I have a whole line of these kinds of things planned for 2013 and Johnny and I are launching a whole new website uh to do that with and our plan the new website is called early intervention education and ideas or that's kind of the the, the branch but the website name is really cute it's e my meaning the pronoun my ei2 and the number 2 is there because you know typing out or intervention, education, and ideas is kind of a long name, and so uh, we've done it that way. But that website will launch in early 2013. But again, I've had this Christmas idea, all these cute therapy ideas, kind of cooking for a while, and needed a way to kind of publish them. So I said to Johnny about a month ago, we're going to go ahead and just do it, even though the new website won't be ready. And again, it'll be a way for us to kind of launch that new venture and figure out what what works and what we need to tweak and we always kind of learn things as we go but i'm really excited about it i think it turned out really cute did you get to watch it yet and I hey i shouldn't have asked I, you that i'm not i'm <laughs> not going to put you on the spot as much anymore
1: <laughs> you have a new fine respect for my my great man to your okay well good actually i can honestly say yes i did watch it and you know i read the the instructions or the um therapy tips and everything because I always help prove things so if there's an error it's partly my fault. (laughs) But I thought the video was great and I would say it is kind of like if people liked therapy tip of the week it's kind of like that but it is a lot more than that. It's much more in depth. Um, I thought you did a great job of really talking about, you know, really explaining things and kind of giving rationale behind things and it's just much, much more in depth. So,
0: I right. hope and I don't, think it.
1: Oh, that, you know, I've seen that because it, it's way more beyond the simple. Now that those were not good, they were, but this is much, much more tutorial and helpful right. as far as specific details.
0: It's more instructive, is how I'm mm-hmm. kind of, and I'm still going to do some therapy tip of the week, but they're going to be really short, like. Three to five minutes, if I can possibly make myself. That I have time. to see. <laughs> I did one last week. It's about flashcards. I don't know if I sent that to you or not. I'll have to send it to you. I'm like a little no wonder it's short. Container. It's about
1: flashcards. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't use them if you can avoid
0: it. <laughs> well, actually, there's some <laughs> I, there's a cute idea there, kind of with a Christmas theme. So I'll have to send that oh. to you. But it's okay. Um, so we
1: should call it. How do you uh, flashcards in a good way? How about that? They can be yeah, used in go. a good way.
0: Yeah. Well, and I've talked. I've kind of made some jokes about that, as you would imagine, <laughs> on uh, that clip. But that one is available, uh, of course, at teachmetotalk.com. If you're on Facebook, you can go to teachmetotalk.com's Facebook page. And take a look there, and I think I linked it from TeachMeToTalk.com's Twitter account. I'm going to try to be better with Twitter, especially since we had Sharika on a couple of weeks ago and she gave us the the personal tutorial. Uh, But I linked it there as well, and so you can find it. um, the The therapy guide is, of course, on top, and the instructions for. Let me kind of talk about that for a second because. With the new website, after that's launched, after the 1st of 2013, the videos and the documents will be automatically downloadable, meaning you you decide you want it, you purchase it, and then it's there, boom. We don't have the technology to do that on teachmetotalk.com's website, which, you know, hence why we're getting a new one, you know, a new different one. And so when you when you buy the therapy guide, you'll get an email if it's during business hours, I've been I've been on it, man. I have done a great job of monitoring that and so has Johnny. And we get that right back to you. So you'll get an email and it has a link and a password for you to use um to view the video. And then and it's in easy that to
1: because I could do it. So there's yeah, a little bit of I was about to say it. it was
0: it was easy. <laughs> Oh, boy, and we practiced, Johnny and I practiced a lot and had, you know, several people kind of practice that to make sure it went well, and it did. And I'm glad you said it was easy, too. I thought that I would have heard from you if you didn't, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. with the text message (laughs) or an email.
0: How, what what do I do? (laughs) Yeah, if if I can do it, it's obviously very easy to navigate, and I got right to it, so. Yeah, and I think it's pretty easy. I think it just the password screen pops up as soon as you click the link. Is that what happened mm-hmm. for you? Yeah. You mm-hmm. type the password in, and then you're able to view it. You do not—it's—it's—you do not have to have a different account or anything, you know, with the site that are hosting those videos for us. So blah 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 blah. For most people, that will mean nothing. But I can see how some techie people might say, "Do I have to have an account with Vimeo?" No, you do not. So anyway, but with the new website, that will all be instant. But for right now, until the new website is up, the ones that I get finished, I'm going to go ahead and load them on TeachMeToTalk.com, one, because I'm so excited about it, and two, because it will give us a chance to kind of learn as we go. So wanted to mention that. Thank you for saying that unsolicited praise there, Kate. I was hoping you had watched it. I didn't even really get a chance to ask you. I
1: I watched it, and – let me just say that Bill has picked up a little bit of your southern drawl, having listened in.
0: Oh, <laughs> he's making fun of me, isn't he?
1: That's, That's what I said. he's
0: making fun of me tea on tea. My own
1: show. Now, wait—he grew up in Atlanta. He goes right into the southern drawl pretty well. So he, he and he does um, imitations well. But I was Bill saying, keeps he say you're in cheesy. my face
0: at father's <laughs> wedding. Bill was very funny about just right in my face doing doing me right back to me. Oh, he's pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's the night we're on. (laughs) You know it. I take that in stride. I'm used to you teasing me. I mean, he's been... I don't even hear it that much anymore.
1: It's been so long, I don't even hear it that much anymore. (laughs) And when he does it, I'm I'm like... (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm like, oh, yeah, that's good. He does do me pretty well, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, he does. He does a lot of a lot of accents pretty well, and that's all I'm going to say. But it was, it's very, very good.
0: Thank and you I very will much. More of them. We're really excited. I did have some, I do have some other ideas for Christmas. I don't know how many of those we're going to realistically be able to get out um, before the end of the year. And, but if not, they'll be ready to go for next year. Um, so again, excited about that. And I have tons of great ideas. Coming up, and let me just say one more thing about that while we're waiting on our guests to join us. Um, The whole point of doing early intervention education and ideas is so that we can also offer videos and again those downloadable treatment plans from other. Disciplines. Now, Kate, I've already talked to you about doing your own. I don't know that I have you talked into that quite yet, but we will see. So those Kate and him fans who say, gosh, why is the Kate here with you at the conference? I wanted to see Kate, too. You know, maybe we'll talk Kate into doing that. I know that that would be wonderful. Um, and then I want to have other disciplines. Physical therapists, occupational therapists involved with that, and we we'll have some local folks who are interested in that. But eventually, we hope to open that up so that any therapist who um, has the skills and a good idea and something that we haven't that would be pretty original and folks that that want to do this sort of thing, too, would have an opportunity to contribute. Now, are are all of those procedures worked out yet? No, but that's coming, and it's something I want our listeners to really think about. I have met some awesome therapists, especially this conference season, and especially people who flew in from other places <laughs> or drove in from other states um, to see me, and people that have been long-term listeners and have... You know, like um, teaching me to products already. I, I know there are some other folks who are going to want to contribute and to do some things. Gloria, if you're in Chicago, if you're listening to the show, I'm particularly talking to you. So <laughs> I want other people to start thinking about if, you know, if I were doing that, this is what I would do because we are going to have a way to do that. And so, again, this is just really kind of a preliminary discussion of that. I just want to put the feelers out there. And, um, again, it's a way to generate some additional income. Um, So that's That's all we've So wanted to, again, start to talk about that. There will be much more information to come. Please don't start emailing me today about it. If you think you have a great idea, hold on to it. Work on it, start writing your little script, start writing your little your little document. Get the Christmas guide so you can see exactly what I want. I want to stick sort of to that formula um so again, I think it's going to be a phenomenal opportunity, and especially for parents who may not have access to all therapy services or may not you know there are parents who live in other countries who don't have access to um, therapy services at all. And so, again, this will be a super, super way to share information with parents who are really committed but who truly do not have the resources that that we have. So just wanted to put that that out there. What are you thinking about that, Kate? Are you going to remain silent about this or are you going to say anything about it?
1: Uh, I was just going to say that, yes, we have been, um, heard that many times from people abroad who can't, you know, their waiting list is two years long or something, and they have a two-and-a-half mm-hmm. or a three-year-old. So I could see where they would be really good for that.
0: Yeah, and they know they need to be working on something, but so many times they need more of a road map. And, again if you'll watch the Christmas therapy guide you'll see it is more instructive than than you can be in a in a therapy manual. Or even in my other videos, I think it's more instructive. Um It is. Yeah. And I yeah, think you also
1: did a nice job about talking about how to transition it and to generalize it to other things. And I think, you know I, it's neat to have the theme but it's also you do a good job of, of talking about this isn't just about Christmas, but it works in a lot of your core things, you know, into Christmas and exactly. yeah. Exactly. And am I going to do it? Oh, I don't know if I have the nerve to do a video. The idea of having to watch it makes me really, the idea of coming up with the idea and writing it and everything, I like. I'm actually, maybe we'll do
0: some together, which is what Johnny has said <laughs> that we should do. He, he said that I, that would be a great way to kind of, we'll do it together.
1: I would do that and and let me do the life work stuff, and then I'll just give you the script and we can do it together.
0: And Lauren, knows pretty much what
1: I say. will sound a lot like what you say since I've been a (laughs) long-time student of yours.
0: (laughs) Well, I think (laughs) it's a great idea. And let me just say, it's not just for parents, though. So please don't, if you're a therapist, please don't think that it's, you know, well, what could be... Relevant for me, it's pretty darn instructive. So it's for therapists and let's just say this: really committed parents. Right. So a lot of a lot of parents would even be a little bit overwhelmed if they watched it. And again, I'm saying that from recent personal experience. So, uh, again, I wanted just to stick that out there so that therapists don't misunderstand.
2: So, we, again, the
0: jacked-up version of Therapy Tip of the Week, so there you go. All right, our guest is here. I'm so excited about having her, so let's switch gears here. Hi, Catherine. Hi, how are you? I'm really good. How are you?
2: Oh, doing well. I was hoping I wouldn't be late because I just got off the phone with a producer that's trying to book me for um, Fox News, CBS, and NBC. And so I'm sitting there going, oh, gosh, <laughs> trying to coordinate. <laughs> good, good for you. Yeah, yeah, it's good just a lot of you. fun. You can't
0: turn that call down. You've got to finish that call. So that I had to finish really that cool. call. I
2: know. So we worked it out just fine, though.
0: Good for you. All right. So tell us who you are and what you do. First, let me just say, I met Catherine when I was at ASHA, which is for Mm -hmm. our listeners who are not speech-language pathologists. That's the American Speech and Hearing Association's annual convention, and that was in Atlanta in November, and I had the opportunity to meet Catherine then, and I was instantly drawn to her materials.
1: Mm -hmm. And when she
0: talks about them, you'll know why, because they are, uh, again, I think it's such an important resource for us as professionals, and I know that you've geared a lot of this toward parents, but I don't want to neglect that angle either. So, Catherine, go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, tell us who you are and then uh, what you've got going on.
2: Oh, great. Okay. I'm Catherine Thorson-Groon. I've been a speech pathologist for over 35 years. You name it, I've been in the setting. I've taken care of everything from birth to 90-year-olds. And what I found while I was working as a speech pathologist, there was so much we knew that parents actually should know because they're around their child 24-7, that I thought, wouldn't it be great to write a little pamphlet to help encourage parents to understand developmental progress that their child could be making through developmental milestones, also their ability to take this information and relay it to the pediatrician or their other healthcare provider, because often they will have concerns, but they don't have specific concerns, and right. their information is just kind of passed off. So I wrote this program called My Baby Compass, and the little pamphlet turned into three manuals, 14 books, <laughs> CD-ROMs. It's now app. Uh, let's see, I meet with somebody on Thursday to develop apps and e-books and TV interviews and radio interviews, and um, <laughs> it's exploding, which is exciting. I really am on a mission to try and make parenting easier for those parents that are really concerned about whether their child's on target.
0: Exactly.
2: So, yes, yes, I really am. Um the the program is written on a very easy level. So therapists can use it with parents, you know, to, right. you know, they can copy things off and send it home with parents as far as activities that are appropriate for different age groups and and skills. Because I assess um, not just speech and language. I assess also hearing, cognitive, reasoning, physical, vision, and social, emotional. Because we often, as speech pathologists, are the ones that first see a child that has a delay. And we need to make those other therapists, those occupational therapists and physical therapists and teachers, feel a part of our team. So if we can also target those skills that a child's lagging in, it helps all of us. It's a win-win situation for everyone. Exactly. So tell
0: us again. You said briefly
2: mm-hmm. how
0: it's organized. Go back over that again. You have okay.
2: How many books? All right. It um, the first manual is birth to two years of age, and it's My Baby Compass, birth to two. You can um, uh, find six little age-appropriate booklets in the back that you can pull out. Mm-hmm. So within 15 minutes, a parent can check what skills that child should be doing for speech, hearing, uh, cognitive, physical, visual, and social-emotional know if their child's on target. And the booklets are developed so that they are in age uh, increments of three months. So, in other words, one booklet would be birth to three, then the next one four to six months, the next one seven to nine months, and then 10 to 12 months. And then skills kind of start to um, either progress at a little bit rate. so then it goes to six-month increments. So it be mm-hmm. 13 to 18 months and then 19 to 24 months. And this is written on a fourth to fifth grade reading level. So there's no speech jargon. There's nothing intimidating to a parent. So this is why therapists can use this for parent training or parents can totally use it on their own. And yeah. um, across from all the skills, which is really fun because often parents will say to a therapist, well, what can I do at home? So across from each of the checklists with the areas of speech, there are activities that directly relate to the skills. So Mm -hmm. you have activities for speech and language. You have activities for cognitive, activities for receptive language. That's what the child understands. And then activities for physical skills and activities for social-emotional skills.
0: Okay, so let me ask you my first question, and I asked you mm-hmm. this directly when we were at right. ASHA, so I, I hope I'm not going to surprise you. I don't know if you heard my earlier statement. I was on somebody else's podcast yesterday, Catherine, mm-hmm. and boy, it is different being in charge of the show versus being interviewed, <laughs> and That's I have a new for that. Uh-huh. And so I hope any of these questions that Kate and I didn't introduce my co-host, uh-huh. to you, Catherine, but I know that I told you about her. Kate is mm-hmm. on with us. She's Kate Hensler, developmental interventionist and my long-time friend, and so mm-hmm. she's here as well.
2: There's no question you then. can ask me that intimidates me or upsets me. I I will do my best to answer anything I, that's possible, so don't ever good feel deal. that that's a problem.
0: Okay, good deal. I'm just trying to be a little more sensitive to that. Uh-huh. That happened to me sure. yesterday. Okay, okay. So let, let me ask you, where mm-hmm. did you get your milestones? How did you determine what skills you were putting at what age range?
2: Okay, so first of all, if you go and do it, the research that I did, it took 12 years to put this program together. And, and before I forget, that was just birth to two book. I also have book two to four years and book four to seven years. So right, all the skills right. progress. Now, the biggest step was I found the skills through the American Speech and Hearing Association references, which goes all the way from Templin, Darley, to um, the most, more recent um, uh, skills by the Mayo Clinic, uh, by our own um, Cleveland Clinic. Um, then the physical therapy sk- or the physical skills were by the American Academy of Pediatrics, the cognitive okay. of skills would be by your national association of early um development early childhood learning, and mm-hmm. then your uh occupational therapy skills, which was your fine motor was by the um occupational therapy uh association so okay great okay, so all of those were reference based well, guess what I found out well, none that? of the skills. <laughs> Uh, are the same. Uh, exactly. We talk about yes.
0: that all the
2: time yes.
0: on this show. It really depends on what tool you're using, and that's what I wanted to ask right. because I think that's important for therapists to right. to get. You know mm-hmm. that that a milestone can vary from assessment tool to assessment tool, and I, and it's certainly something that our listeners who are parents
2: right may
0: not have already really known.
2: So what I had to do is I had to take all of these skills, put them in um, the first books, okay, which I I put together as birth to two. Of course, it wasn't my baby compass. The books were called Help Your Baby Grow, which now I I laugh about how books – uh, change in in uh, form so over the years. Oh, I know
0: all about that. I know yeah. all about that. Okay. So
2: I put them <laughs> in the homes of a hundred parents, and then we literally um, uh, just. Uh, took the statistics and actually normed the norms. Now, this program program is going to be going to, um, I can't name which three universities right now because we haven't signed on the dotted line, but Johns Hopkins Medical School, the pediatric department, Uh is helping me um, get research grants to get this whole program evidence-based. They that's feel awesome. it is so strong in not yeah. only the progression of the skills, but each book has approximately approximately 280 skills. So mm-hmm. they haven't seen anything that's that specific, especially speech and language-based, with yeah. coordinating activities. Um, right. Because what's going to be required of uh, therapists or pediatricians in the beginning or somewhere along the line, and I apologize for my dog, um, okay. is that you, not only are you going to have to diagnose the child with a problem, but you're going to have to give that parent tools to go home with, right. activities, uh, things they can do. So it's no longer just right. going to be labeling the child with a disorder. Sure. So that is a real big concern of um the medical community. And um so that is how I can answer that at this point in time. I very I'm very confident with the evidence based um research that's going to be done because I've done somewhat of my own. Had I right. known and what you I knew now, families, I should have Catherine. done that in the first place. Pardon?
0: Yeah, how, how did you get your families? Were they families that you work with or just families in your area?
2: There were families your I 100- worked with? Right, mm-hmm. there are families I worked with, and also I contacted pediatricians um, mm-hmm. in the area, uh, so I'd get a more diverse population. Right. Um, right, And I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, so uh, right. we have a more diverse population um, with, right. you know, ages and, and um, you know, different uh, people that uh, can, um, you know, that just basically can, handle the information individually because the biggest threat that I felt was can a parent read this understand it and answer the questions uh, right. carefully and we had to rewrite that a lot until we got it at a level where a parent could answer those questions easily
0: yeah and so these weren't always kids that were in therapy
2: no, no no and... no this is based on typical development this exactly. is based on children that have uh typical development and then it's a way of a parent can identify uh early on whether their child is showing um you know, lagging in different skills and how they can get them early identified for early intervention. Right if it's needed. Yeah.
0: I think it's ideal for pediatricians too, because you know, I've worked with so Many families where one parent or the other is a pediatrician, so many of them have said, you know, we have all kinds of medical training, but we have so little training about developmental sequences. And uh, several, exactly, and several mommy pediatricians that I've seen their children for therapy have said to me, point blank, Laura, in medical Mm -hmm. school, you know, in our local (laughs) medical school here at University of Louisville, we had one hour about uh-huh. a one-hour <laughs> lecture about communication development, and that lecture was optional. And, you know, we give pediatricians so much credit right. for knowing this kind of information when really a lot of them don't. They're great at the medical stuff, but not so great at they may be able to identify if a child is functioning, you
2: mm-hmm. know, within
0: normal limits, but they really don't know what to do beyond that.
2: And well, so not I only be we a don't. great resource. But not only that, but the American Academy of Pediatrics just released information that, um, don't worry, most children outgrow any developmental delays, which is true. However, if your child happens to be in that 10%, Right. then that's when the problems really arise because you're trying to make up for that delayed time besides the fact that the child's going to progress or try and progress at the same age level of his peers. Exactly. Um, well, so I'll tell
0: you what I think about that. Really, let me interject this for any parents sure, that might be
2: absolutely. listening. Sure, absolutely.
0: Most state-run early intervention programs mm-hmm. have decreased their funding, which means yes. they've had to increase the eligibility requirements. So if your child has qualified for early intervention, in all actuality, he may be functioning in that bottom 5% right. of children. And in some states, like Missouri, mm-hmm. they have to have they have such a high level of, of qualifying a kid, a child has to have at least a 50% delay to qualify. So in oh that my state your child is in the bottom 1% or 2%. Oh, my
2: goodness. So it I just breaks my yeah, heart.
0: I, I know, and I don't want a parent to hear, you know, even casually listening right now and hear you say, most children outgrow developmental delays, you know, based on what the American Academy of Pediatrics said, because so often th- those kids who are just a little delayed do not qualify no. for early intervention. They do not qualify for speech through the school system because the bar is already so, yeah. high, your delay has to be pretty darn significant to qualify for services. So, again, let me just clarify that right. for any parent who might be listening. Yeah.
2: And not only that, but, see, when a child, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of the 30 million word gap. If you haven't, it just Google it. It's really interesting. Um, the 30 million word gap was a study done by Raleigh and Hart. And what they found is that, um, children from upper socioeconomic homes heard 30 million more words than children from lower socioeconomic homes. And right. so it was very speech and language driven. And then they did an analysis and found there was a direct correlation with a child's speech and language skills and academic success by the time of, uh, by the age of nine years. Right. So it, it's really important. We uh, Parents so often worry about what uh, college, their child will get into, or are they going to get into the gifted program? Whatever, when their real concern needs to be in those first seven years, because right. that's when that speech, those speech and language and physical and cognitive skills are really it being explored, and um, that's when they're being achievers.
0: Right, and I just want to let me interject one more little thing about that research.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I, I totally it. believe it. I, I, You know, I've certainly seen it, but I just want to say I am in the position in my career where I get mostly affluent uh, kids from right. affluent families. And so they hear that research and they right. feel awful and right. think, oh, no, you know,
2: we're not poor. We're right. not uneducated. Right. What
0: happened here? And they somehow internalize that and mm-hmm. say, I've done something wrong. And for those parents, and again, I, we have thousands and thousands right. of listeners, and right. I want to just say to those parents, don't confuse what Catherine is saying. No,
2: no, no, no. It is yes. not to be taken yeah. that to judge themselves as a poor parent. The only sure. point I was trying to make is that this isn't rocket science. If a parent right. is uh, talking to their child more and, ex- and having experiential play or creative play and talking while they're uh, with their baby or, or, you know, narrating their day, that's what's important. It reflects right. not on a parent's ability to parent or on the ability of their social class. It is exactly. basically and on a the hum- number of words used.
0: Yeah. Right. And most of the time, the children that we are seeing for therapy and early intervention, Mm -hmm. it's not Mm -hmm. because of an environmental difference. It's because of the neurological predetermined, it's the way they're wired.
2: And so it it could be hearing. You know, they could have a titus media with effusion. You know, those, I call them bad ears. Where a child, um, you know, had a lot of ear infections and their hearing was compromised, and therefore they didn't hear normally, which ninety sure. percent of children go through that. Sometimes parents aren't even aware. Um, And so, you know, that hearing component can have a major effect on a child developing their speech and language or hearing the words in the home. So you're exactly right. It is not just based on, you know, but I'll tell you my latest concern. All right. Go ahead. (laughs) What happens in the affluent home? We have mom on her computer, dad on his computer the the uh teenagers are texting on their phones and no one's on the telephone no one's you know chit chatting so are we going to be hey, creating wait, wait, wait. an environment you of less forgot talk. 18
1: months on the iPad yes.
2: yes in fact this is what i'm doing my segment um on uh for the producer that's very interested is do electronic gadgets are they beneficial or are they harmful for young children
0: and what's and your take reasons. on that, Catherine? And, and if we're on opposing sides, we'll just duke it out right here. What's your <coughs> take on that? Okay,
2: I'm going to hold you down. I had four brothers. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is this is my philosophy. Um, the Mayo Clinic, and, and I just attended a neuroscience um, symposium just uh, two months ago, and everybody is jumping into the research on this whole aspect. But let me tell you what the problem is. To do proper research, you have to have children that have an, a control group, okay, right. and then you have children who would be exposed to electronic gadgets, and then you would have children who would not be. Now, right. what parent is willing to have their child be a guinea pig to be right. on the on the iPads or what company is willing to take on that risk and find out, oh, yes, we are rewiring brains or damaging. So Bye. the the research Bye. is really difficult. Uh, the best research is done through PET scan studies um, so that they can highlight that area of the brain that seems to be working or not working or, or traveling those thoughts. Um, this is the latest research. Okay. Obviously, now, the American Academy of Pediatrics first said that a child should not be exposed to any form of screen, whether it's TV or whatever, under the age of two, two and under. Right. I just attended the American Academy of Pediatrics convention uh, in October. They had to retract that statement because they don't have the research to back it up and they were getting pressure from um, educational DVDs and the iPad mm-hmm. people, et cetera. So they really want to get this research going, but it's not there yet. So we don't have any research-based, except for the Mayo Clinic did do research on baby Einstein, and they found that the speech and language skills of children that watched... Uh, baby Einstein versus those that didn't were lower. Okay. So Exactly.
0: And that's yes. certainly something Kate and I talk about week mm-hmm. in and week out. And and the real the the boil it down message that we to mm-hmm. share with parents would mm-hmm. be that when your child is stuck in front of a screen he's missing out on all other Correct. Language or other learning opportunities, right? Uh, and so that's that's one reason. The other thing that I think that researchers are hoping to be able to prove, and certainly mm-hmm. Jill Stam, who's now at University of California Davis, has done some studies. She's at Mind mm-hmm. Institute, and her her take on this is that, and, and you alluded to this: we're rewiring children's brains so that right. we are teaching them to scan shift, scan shift, scan right. shift. Right. So there's no real real building attention, building participation, Correct. making connections. They simply don't have time before that new visual image pops up. So I'm excited Absolutely. about the, the newer research. I had not heard that the American Academy of Pediatrics retracted that statement. Yes. My latest thing that I would heard is they had increased it from two to three, that they didn't want any child under three.
2: This is that's uh, their whiskers. recommendation, but this is what sure. they say. It's totally up to a parent what they do. Oh um, well, yeah, so, like everything. Right, right. So <laughs> they they aren't making it. Right. So they aren't making any. We are basing this on research. This is definitely how it has to be. So, uh, but they're making, a, you know, we recommend that a parent parent in the traditional um, way to increase a child's, all their senses and creative play and interaction. Um, right. Yeah. So the problem is, and what I'm seeing, uh, and I saw this in my research, is a lot of young parents, um, did not have any training. They didn't babysit. They many of them pursued higher education. Um mm-hmm. or they did not they're they're a teen parent, okay? They really don't know what to do to right. enhance a child's speech and language skills. Yeah, we see that every day. And and when mm-hmm. you talk about, well let's do nursery rhymes and um here's some nursery rhymes and they'll look at me and they'll go, Is that something about a a spider in the rain or something <laughs> and when you're a therapist or somebody that's a teacher, or educator, you just assume that right. young parents understand how the importance of rhyming for speech, right. you know, and and language skills. Right. Um but they're not there and that was one of the reasons that I incorporated that in my baby compass. That whole section of uh, nursery rhymes and uh-huh. vocabulary development and music—how music, how music right. can be used. But right. but to get back to your subject, when when you're asking me about the neuroscience, I do want to place emphasis on the fact that we are finding those children that are autistic. The electronic. Um, uh gadgets can help increase speech and language skills. So some of those children who who are in special needs, um, I don't want them to panic that their children, you know, shouldn't be exposed to electronic gadgets. It may be the way uh, and the only technique that will enhance um, interaction. So, And it could
0: uh, be, but here's my take on that. Mm-hmm. I think when we, and I certainly know that those programs are out there and available Mm -hmm. and kids Mm -hmm. are going to do it anyway, but I never want a parent to think that they should give up on building a true social response
2: or targeting social
0: interaction as their foundational skill. Right. So that they forego all of the tr- wonderful traditional things that you just talked about. So they forego right. all of that thing. okay, my kid's autistic, we are going straight to the apps. We're going straight right. to the whatever. And right. I don't think that's what you mean to say. No, no, want to not be at sure all.
2: Not no. Yeah. But you know, it surprised me, and I don't know if you saw this at the American Speech and Hearing Association meeting. Um, all the young therapists are all looking for the electronic therapy tool, right. the app, right. the And that really concerns me (laughs) because if you have the, also makes me feel a little old.
1: Yeah, makes me feel a little old. And it's not that I don't have an iPad or an Mm -hmm. iPhone. I do. But you're right. That is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Catherine, you said about some kids on the spectrum. Uh, Let me just interject. My own personal opinion is Mm -hmm. yes, when it's appropriate for any kid. To be right. doing an iPad or an iPhone just because the kids on the spectrum to me does not mean oh, well. Let's go right to the iPad because you know no. what those are the exact kids that you you have to do backflips to get a connection with. <laughs> to give them to mm-hmm. give them their poison in a in an yeah. iPad. You know what I mean. Right. The same kids who will watch Baby Einstein for four hours and not mm-hmm. really notice if somebody's in the room or not are exactly mm-hmm. the kids at two who are very happy push the buttons on the iPad, and mm. I haven't seen any evidence other than it's completely engaging for them. In a two-year-old, I haven't seen any evidence to support the idea that they're going to become talkers or communicative because they're able to push the buttons, although some of them get really good at pushing the buttons.
2: Correct. That cause-effect, boy. Don't we all have it? <laughs> <But> <laughs> well, a lot of times
0: <laughs> it's just perseveration.
2: Yes. With, yes. That, with yes. that. It's
0: not even a true cause and effect. If no. I'm stuck, I right. can't do anything else. I am just fixated yes. on pushing the button. Yeah. Correct. Right. Correct. Right. Correct. And you
1: know, uh, you, we always talk about bells and whistles toys. You know, all the toys right. that maybe ABC themed or, you know, VTech mm-hmm. does a lot of them. And they're, you push the button, push the button, and it goes yeah. off, it goes off. The sound, the music, the yeah. sound, the music. Those same kids who would perseverate with that guess what, they really like the iPads too.
2: Yes, And it, yes. it's
1: just kind of, mm, i I don't have to wait for the research. I can see
2: it, you
1: know. <laughs> it's well, like, oh, you know,
2: uh, the neuroscientists, <laughs> not a good idea. Yeah, the neuroscientists uh, at, I believe it's University of Pennsylvania, are doing a lot of research on addictive behavior and electronic mm-hmm. gadgets. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, uh, I believe, the same time we had the um, – American Academy of Pediatrics um convention, they had their convention in New Orleans and um that I was talking to a couple of neuroscientists on the bus on the way into New Orleans and that was their presentations of uh the addictive behavior of electronic gadgets in teenagers. And they believe that this starts at a very early age and so are we wiring our children's brains for addiction? That's their biggest, wow. biggest
0: concern.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wow.
2: Yeah. That's a whole it, new
0: spin on it.
2: It's a whole new spin and these people were fascinating. So it's it's really great to know that the neuroscientists are are jumping on the bandwagon and um uh you know to also look at this. Uh because they're seeing uh, extreme addictive behavior in um you know video games and how exactly. you play that. That's what I was
0: going to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think just as a parent We, uh, you know, I just know with my own children, especially my guide who's now 23, who Mm -hmm. really struggled with some sensory uh, processing differences, he really performed so much better when video games were limited. And so we couldn't let him veg out and play games all day long because his behavior would get more aggressive, Mm -hmm. his Mm -hmm. his Temper was, you know, a little hotter than normal.
2: Mm-hmm. Correct, so agitation. All of that, yeah, yeah, yeah all mm-hmm.
0: of that just real life. they They so found I'm,
2: it really affects sleep, yeah. really affects sleep, yeah.
0: And yeah. I know even just thinking about the, the parents of children that we see on our caseload, like sometimes you can – hardly get a distracted mom to put her phone down because she's right. texting 10 different people. <laughs> and, again, that's just kind of the the age we live in. Right. But we've got to teach person-to-person communication skills, especially yes. with our little guys in early intervention, because if we don't work really hard to get that social connection mm-hmm. and that level of engagement pretty firmly established as our primary goal when they're mm-hmm. that young,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, there's a huge chance that they'll struggle with that
2: forever and so you can't talk
0: about that being really important
2: well there there's a a book and i can't remember i think it's right brain will rule the world or something on that order and they're talking about how what what countries globally will be most uh successful in in the future so we have to look at how can we train our children to excel and be globally competitive and they said the one thing that a human brain can do that a computer can't do is creativity okay? right social interaction
1: right. empathy right.
2: compassion right. um right. all that area that the right you know the right brain does you know music you know the computer can only do what it's told to do all right right so so it's important that our children don't just become little computers themselves. Hi. and that creativity starts at a very early age in play mm-hmm. and they have done some neurological studies with creative play and how those neurons in the brain are so different and and how they fire uh versus children who watch TV or do cause effect with an iPad et cetera. so Hi. that that information will be coming out fairly soon um, and it's it's really important for a parent because I have never met a parent that didn't want their child to be happy, successful, and leave the home by 24. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> they want to make sure that that child's independent and out on their own, if at all possible. Sure. And
0: sure. that
2: starts at birth. I mean, it doesn't exactly. start at age 18. You
0: exactly. Know? Exactly. Right. <laughs> Let me ask you one more question about something sure. that I really liked from your Birth to Two books since that's mm-hmm. the primary age that we talk about uh, here on the show is birth to three, birth to four. Mm-hmm. I liked your recommendation for a good-to-go bag yes. for parents. And so do you want to talk about what that is, Catherine?
2: Okay. How many times have you been at a restaurant and you're trying to order a meal, and you see the people at the table next to you, and the child's grabbing the salt shakers and throwing them on the floor, screaming, throwing their head back. Okay, and they just tell them to be quiet. Yeah. Almost every day, Almost every day. Okay. Now, just think if that parent had a good to go bag. What is it? A good to go bag is something you just have ready all the time. It has maybe some snacks in it, a little drink but a toy they normally don't play with or a book they normally don't see or crayons and colors that they normally don't have, and you have that in a bag. So when you see this behavior of while you're shopping and I'm hungry, you have a snack there. When you're sitting at the restaurant and they're bored, you bring out that new little toy. It's called distraction, okay? Uh And, you know, what people don't understand is we make children and babies adapt to our schedule. We're not adapting to their schedule. We're making them adapt to ours. So it's your way of adapting to their interests by putting things in a little bag and they don't use the bag, don't don't say oh I know where there's a toy. You keep that bag out of reach. And when that right. child knows that that bag's going to have something good in it, their behavior will increase, you know, to be better, and sure. they, they will be interested in what you have.
0: Yeah. And so I, I thought it was a great idea, and I love your point about making sure that you can meet the physical needs of a toddler. Right. By right. being prepared with mm-hmm. something to drink and something to eat any time mm-hmm. you go out.
2: Right. Or it may be a change of clothes when they've just spilled their milk all over themselves. You know, right. you know, having just a change of uh, clothing, um, and it doesn't have to be. You don't have to, you know, pack a suitcase. It can just be a simple Rush. little bag. Um, but yes, and see, children at that age, they don't understand. You can have it when we get home. They only understand now. Right. <laughs> That's their time right. frame is now. <laughs> right. Right. So I think um, they go
1: back through that in, in teenage years as well, but. <laughs> <laughs>
2: now you do understand the importance of uh, uh, gratification, delayed gratification. They've actually huh. done research and found that if you can delay gratification, okay, the longer a child can delay gratification, the more successful they'll be in life. Do you believe that? Isn't that interesting?
0: I think that's good, but I think for our moms with toddlers with oh, developmental no, delays. Oh no! No no no.
2: That's yeah. later. Mm-hmm. She said teenagers. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Again, you, you can't I'm do
0: just... delayed gratification with toddlers. No, no. I'm just no. restating it for our mm-hmm. primary audience, so right. they, right. they don't misunderstand what you're saying. I don't want a two-year-old, a mom of a delayed two-year-old, to start saying, "Oh, I'm working on delayed gratification." <laughs> 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 we are
1: not we, there Like Catherine said, they only get now.
2: They only get now. Yes, we we would find now. We would find all of us with a brick tied to our foot, and we'd be at the bottom of some lake somewhere. (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) We want to be sure we're. Yeah, that parents get that exactly. Right.
2: Right. All right. Well,
0: Catherine, give us your website information. Okay. Especially, this is what I want to say to therapists: if you don't have a great resource yourself for typical development, and you have to have more than a standard test protocol. You have mm-hmm. to have more, again, available, like Catherine suggested, if you're seeing a family and they need some information about an area where you're not the expert. If you're a speech person and mm-hmm. you don't have those, those gross motor milestones at your fingertip, this would be a great resource. The other thing I think it would be ideal for would be for parents that you're seeing that the child doesn't qualify for your program, but you still mm-hmm. want to send them away with some advice for right. what they could work on next. So I think I think that would be a great use of it too. But give us your give us your website and all that stuff so everybody will know how to find you.
2: Okay, it's www.mybabycompass.com. And, and why the, did you
0: pick that name, Catherine?
2: My Baby Compass, because mm-hmm. I will guide you to in the right direction to make your parenting process easier and happier. And that's why I use Compass, because this is your guide to help your child think, speak, and move and thrive. So you also can uh, purchase the program on Amazon.com. And you can mm-hmm. buy each of the books individually, birth to two, two to four, four to seven. Um, each uh, book is thirty nine ninety five. but remember that's a two-year program. It's not right. just a book. It's a two-year program. So you're talking an insurance policy of $20 a year. Um, yeah. Or a speech therapist could refer the parent to Amazon.com. Um, or you can buy all three manuals and um, the booklets are in the back of each of the manuals, um, mm-hmm. along with a CD-ROM if you wanted to keep an electronic form of developmental mm-hmm. history or if speech pathologist wanted to send out an electronic form and have the parent mm-hmm. assess their child in their home environment and then come to the therapy session with developmental history, um, or while they're working, testing the child, the parent can be doing the developmental history. That can also be purchased in the kit, the My Baby yeah, I kit. Yeah,
0: I think it would be a great tool. I, I was looking at that right before our call started today, mm-hmm. and I think it would be a good addition to your intake form. If you yeah. didn't have something that was pretty comprehensive, and especially in states uh, right. with early intervention programs that are really paying down and really oh. using that primary service provider model, Right. so that th- there's one main contact and right. you want to be sure as a speech pathologist or the developmental interventionist that you're gathering a pretty comprehensive look at that kid. Mm-hmm. So I-, I think it's great information. I can't believe we're finished with our hour. I knew you were a talker. Oh, Swy, and it was
2: fine.
0: thank you did. so
2: much. I have had so much fun. I-, I feel like I should pay you for this because I had a blast. Oh, we we do this every week. You just
0: call us back anytime you want to chat about something, because we are always here on Mondays. Oh, sounds great. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much, Catherine.
2: Thank you. You have a great day. Sounds like a really cool resource. Thanks. Thank you so much.
0: You're welcome. Bye. bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Before we're off, Kate, I want to tell our regular listeners that, like last year, we're going to have, we'll be off for Christmas holidays. And I was telling Kate today, no wonder I'm so tired. It's been a busy year. And so next next week we're going to do one more show for 2012. It'll kind of be a recap show um, and talk about stuff through the year. I do have a, a question, a mom who if she can't call next week, she's going to call in January. So if she does not call next week, we, um, you know, again, we're going to kind of do that recap and I'm going to share more about Uh, My new project, MyEI2.com, so that we can um, get everybody on the same page about that. Any other final thoughts today, Kate? I wanted to be sure you knew what the plan was for next week, just in case I forget to email you that.
1: A recap show. Okay. We'll be doing the year 2012 (laughs) review. (laughs) Review. Okay. That's kind of odd, but I'll just
0: go with the flow. Yeah. I think that one of the things that I'm going to do is talk to our, our big callers that have called from several times. We have a couple of moms who have done that. I want to get recaps on their kids, eat short emails from them to kind of read.
1: Oh, we'll that would be of, neat.
0: That will be fun, I think. And then we'll kind mm-hmm. of kind of talk about our our big series and highlight that for folks who might have missed those and um, just kind of a pull-it-all-together show before we're off for two weeks for the holidays. Okie dokie. Sounds good. All right. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do